Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's good good to be with you today in person. And to those who are also joining with us in the spirit, listening in, some from great distances. And do not forget the greater audience, an innumerable company of angels and the spirits of just men made perfect in the great cloud of witnesses. We greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am thankful and honored to preach him to you today the things that the Lord has given me to see concerning the person of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that we follow the one who has the words of life, the one who does not speak like any other man speaks. You see, when other men speak, if they can even speak well to begin with, what they say can be impressive to begin with. But very soon, their words lose their luster, especially if what they say is repeated over and over again. You know, most people don't read the same book twice for a reason. And when they do, usually nothing new is really gathered from that exercise. When the words of men are examined closely, they actually become less impressive, not more. They are often, they often, when, when the words of men are scrutinized, we can come to the conclusion, well, that could be better stated. That could be said better. But this is not how Jesus' words are. In fact, the more they are examined by faith, the more impressive they become. The more the repetition of them falls upon the hearing ear, the fresher they sound. The more insight that's gathered. The words of Jesus can be repeated, but the the lesson can be totally different each time. Our lesson today is on this living word written down in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 29. And he is... I'm happy to report that he is here among us today. The one who said this is here. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. Today we will focus on this divine facet of Jesus Christ. That he is meek and lowly in heart. Many other versions, the NIV, New Living Translation, Holman Christian Standard, New American Standard, Good God's Word Translation, Amplified Bible say, gentle and humble in heart. This word comes from the Hebrew phrase, which means to melt. That is to be soft and yielding. It's the direct opposite of austerity and obstinance and firmness. Noah Webster defined this word as mild of temper, soft, gentle, not easily provoked or irritated, yielding, given to forbearance under injuries. The scripture uses it in this instance, Numbers 12, 3. Now the man Moses was very meek above all men. That's what it's talking about. And in the second sense, appropriately humble in an evangelical sense, submissive, to the divine will, not proud, self-sufficient or refractory, not peevish and apt to complain of divine dispensations. Christ says, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. 
written, that's Webster's 1828. Now the world has defined meekness quite differently. The world has defined meekness as timidness or a lack of self-esteem. They think of meekness as weakness, that somehow a person can be too meek or too humble and somehow put themselves at a disadvantage or a liability by doing so. Although it's agreed that meekness certainly is a liability to those intent on fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, the pride, you know, the, the pride of life kind of has a hard time expressing itself under such conditions, you know. But while the world warns us of the dangers of being too meek, this is not how God would have us to consider meekness. Just how would he have us consider this? Well, in the scriptures, the word meek and meekness occurs about 40 times in the King James Version of the Bible. Meekness is listed as a fruit of the as the fruit of the spirit. That see the the spirit never causes a disadvantage for the people of God or produces anything useless before God. It see the spirit only produces what is pleasing to God. Meekness is the fruit of the spirit. The restoration of a brother who has been overtaken in a fault is done in meekness. It says that of, of a brother overtaken in a fault, restores such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Meekness lends itself to being forbearing and loving. It, it actually lends itself to these qualities. Walking worthy of the vocation to which we are called is done with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. See, that requires meekness. Meekness is something that we are told to put on. That is, meekness is something that doesn't come automatically to you, apart from your involvement and your effort. Meekness is actually the opposite of a hostile intent. Those with a meek spirit only seek to do good to others. Those with a meek spirit spirit deny themselves. Those with a meek spirit are quick to forgive injury from others. We are instructed to speak evil of no man and be no brawlers, but gentle, showing meekness unto all men. Meekness is actually a catalyst in receiving things from God. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. You see, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Meekness is actually proof. A person who's meek actually shows forth proof that they are truly wise. James said this, he said, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show, out of a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. Seeking meekness actually hides you from the wrath of God. Seek me, this is a prophet Zephaniah. Seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Yeah. See, see, we're letting the scriptures mold and frame 
our thinking on meekness. None of that. Well, none of what I just listed is a disadvantage to us. See, it's never wise to adopt a view from the world on anything. The vernacular and nomenclature of God's people is never to be derived from the kingdoms of men, but rather the kingdom of God, of those which are of the household of faith. You know, every, every, every nation has its own, own language. You know, the key, the, we're citizens of heaven and we have our own language. That we speak by the fact that Jesus Christ is meek and lowly tells us that he is able and and that he possesses what we need to be restored to receive things from God to lead direct and guide us and hide us from wrath it proves that he is all wise and he is after all known as the wisdom of God and you will notice this you will notice that most people on this earth who hold positions of prominence or popularity or power have a tendency to be unapproachable. And, And as their overall prominence among men increases and their wealth increases, the less likely they associate with those who are lower in social status than themselves. Even if they are not necessarily known for being evil men, even if they have a reputation for being generous or kind or possess a pleasant disposition, even if they are revered in the community, most people in positions of power and earthly prominence are unapproachable. You can't just meet the president of the United States like whenever you want. You, You not only can't even meet him in person, you can't even call him on the phone. Their numbers are generally unlisted. The governors, corporate CEOs, and celebrities, they live behind their tinted windows, their armed guards, and their gated communities. If you want to meet with them, you usually must petition them for an appointment and usually through a written means. And if, if your letter is even noticed, if your matter is important enough to even be acknowledged, you'll meet with a secretary or a representative of that person and usually not the person themselves. And even then, your time is limited and your access is limited. And then there are others who think very highly of themselves because of their prominence to the point where they always look down upon those who are less privileged than they are. They would never read a letter from you or an adoring fan. They would not be caught dead associating with the common people. The pride of life has swallowed them to the degree that they consistently abuse and mistreat those who come to them. They view their prominence as something personally achieved that somehow gives them the right to use their power and influence for their own personal gain rather than to help others who are in need. They are often austere, unreasonable and entirely self-centered and it's never a good thing when men like this come into a position of earthly prominence yet despite these things brethren people are not baffled that it is this way 
The fact that prominent and wealthy men are unapproachable is not a strange thing to the world. It's generally a thing to be expected that people in prominent positions are generally unapproachable. But I have good news for you today, brothers and sisters. Jesus himself has told us that he is not this way. Even though he currently holds the highest position, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is not only absolutely prominent in every conceivable way, but he is absolutely approachable. Jesus himself is not meek and lowly. He is meek and lowly in heart. Jesus humbled himself, but he is no longer in a humbled position. He is highly exalted above everything. All things are under his feet. In all things he has the preeminence. In heaven, in earth, in the spiritual realm, in the natural realm, in the church. He is highly exalted above everything and everyone. Yet he is absolutely approachable. He said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me. Listen to this. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Jesus not only notices all who come to him, he notices those that even the lowliest of men have failed to notice. If it's a tax collector or a harlot, the world may consider these people to be the scum of the earth, have no problem passing by them without a second look. But Jesus accepts faith from anyone. He accepts faith from men. He accepts faith from women. He accepts faith from the Jew and he accepts faith from the Gentile. He accepts faith from the rich and he accepts faith from the poor. Jesus is not not a cold, heartless taskmaster. We do not come to him for, for a burden. We come to him for rest from our burdens. His instruction is gentle. It's never designed to be cruel or mean-spirited. Jesus does not look down on others like an arrogant and prideful man. He is never proud and arrogant. He is meek and lowly. His, his sayings can be hard to the flesh. His, in fact, his sayings are, are hard to the flesh, but never to the spirit. He can seem austere to those who are not by faith following after him. But to those who are following him closely, they find that his instruction is pleasant. That his yoke is easy and his burden is light. This is because his instruction comes from the heart. It doesn't come from a from a pure lordship aspect. Like he's lording over his church in a a cold-hearted, mechanical way. He's invested himself. You never have to be concerned about coming to Jesus and him turning you away. It has never been told of a man who went to Jesus in faith and was sent away. Now many people have walked away from Jesus but he has cast out no man who has desired to come to him. 
There is no problem that is too trivial for him. There is no, there is no request that's too small for him. There is no person that comes to him that he despises. No matter how sick, no matter how poor, no matter how wretched and vile a person is, it's written, a bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. That was prophesied of old. Today there are countless people who are laboring and are heavy laden. Maybe they're laboring to try to cease from some kind of a sin that they're committing. They've been unsuccessful. No matter what they've tried, no matter what program they try, no matter what church teaching they follow, they find themselves in a vicious cycle enslaved to sin. They're laboring and they're weary and they're heavy laden and burdened with sin. They feel within themselves a need for salvation, but they find that no matter what they do, they're powerless to do anything about it. Jesus speaks directly to these people. Come unto me, all ye that are that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Don't come to the institution. Don't come to the doctors and psychologists. Don't come to the Pharisees. Don't go to the world. Come to Jesus. You don't have to have it all figured out to come to Jesus. You're not at a disadvantage to come to him because of your social status or your age or your gender or your nationality of your of your education. You don't have to go to Bible college to come to Jesus. If there's something that's burdening you, hindering you, causing you difficulty, bring it to Jesus. He will not jeer at you for doing so. He may ask you why you doubted, but he will not make you an object of ridicule for coming to him. He will not laugh at you and demean you and say, are you, are you kidding me? Is this really an issue with you? You cannot be too poor to come to him, for he will not require a payment to give you what you need. He said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Now that's a good offer. And while we certainly want to make our requests fit for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we do. We do want to make our requests fit for a king. We don't want to always ask him for a pair of shoelaces. Nevertheless, there is no shame in asking the Lord what we need. Even the small things that may seem to other people to be inconsistent and insignificant, Jesus does not view them this way. If this does not make you love him more, You haven't considered it as you should. The fact that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has sent an invitation to the world and bids all men who are weary and heavy laden to come to him, no matter who they are, this is a compelling and a unique quality. 
It's compelling. His tenderness and his compassion, they give us confidence in his everlasting care, beckoning even the vilest of sinners to come near to him. Just as a shepherd who truly cares for his sheep, Jesus does not shepherd us from a sense of duty or obligation as hirelings do. He has personally invested himself in us. He laid down his life for us that we might have life. No one can prove themselves more meek and gentle than that, than by that great act of love. Isaiah prophesied, he shall shall feed his flock like a shepherd like a shepherd he shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom he holds them close brethren and he shall gently lead those who are with young this is the savior that we serve there is no excuse to not learn from jesus there is no excuse to carry your burdens any longer There is no one who will be turned away. We come to the one who is meek and lowly in heart and in the meekness and lowliness of our own hearts. Therefore, the only reason why a person would not come to Jesus isn't because Jesus is unapproachable, but because they are obstinate. Those who refuse to come to Christ have proven themselves to be proud. Because Jesus is meek and lowly and he will not cast anyone out. Listen, if, if Jesus is meek and lowly, like how exactly do you have a right not to be? Like how exactly do you and I have a right not to be meek and lowly if Jesus is meek and lowly? A person who is not meek and lowly in the same fashion as Christ cannot learn of him. As Charles Spurgeon once said, Empty vessels may be filled, but vessels that are full already can receive no more. The man who knows of his own emptiness can receive abundance of knowledge and wisdom and grace from Christ. But he who glories in himself is not in a fit condition to receive anything from God. In fact, the promise and purpose of God is always towards the meek. It's written, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Psalms 37, 11. He said, the meek he will guide in judgment and the meek he will teach his way. Psalms 25, 9. It says that the meek shall eat. And be satisfied. Psalms twenty two twenty six. The meek shall also increase their joy in the Lord. Isaiah twenty nine nineteen. God's salvation is always said to be towards the meek of the earth. Psalms seventy six nine. The Lord lifteth up the meek. That's Psalm one forty seven six. Good tidings are preached. To the meek, Isaiah 61, 1. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Psalms 149, 4. Jesus set the example when he was on the earth. He calmly withstood opposition from his enemies. He was forbearing and gracious. He did not grow weary in well-doing. Even when what he said was not understood and when what he did was not appreciated, 
Even when he was betrayed, he gave a gentle response. Thou betrayest me with a kiss, friend. As the prophet Isaiah writes of him, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He also set the example of being lowly in heart. See, every, he was yielding to God in everything that he did. Not seeking his own will, but the will of the Father, even to the point of laying down his own life. If Jesus always yielded himself to the will of God, what right do men have to operate by their own will? If we are to be meek and lowly of heart like the Master, we must take his yoke upon us and learn of him. For consider him. For consider him. That's taking his yoke. That's taking his yoke upon you. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Jesus will teach us how to be meek and lowly in heart like himself and the yoke with Jesus. He will instruct us how to put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. See, the elect of God are these things because of the one who is meek and lowly. I am thankful that we serve such a blessed Savior who understands our weakness and bids us To come to him. This is tremendously good news, brethren. To know that the Lord of heaven and earth is 100% approachable and bids us to come to him. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus has the words of life. Tried and true they stand. Fresh and living and quite unlike any other man's. His invitation to all men, a blessing and a favor. A rest to those who come from him, weary as they labor. Come to him, for he's the friend of all who wholly seek. And he won't cast them out because his heart is low and meek. Meekness from such prominence the world has never known. Most men are unapproachable when they sit on the throne. The world that cannot think aright of God and his salvation, assigning meaning to his words, should not be their vocation. They have taught so wrongly of humility and meekness, and telling others that too much of them results in weakness. But it's the meek in his eyes that carry most the worth. He said the meek are those who shall inherit all the earth. Good tidings he will preach to them. The meek is who he'll lift. They'll delight themselves in peace and all his favor and his gifts. The meek he'll guide in judgment and the meek is taught his way. The meek shall eat so satisfied and be filled up day by day. Salvation is to them supplied. Yes, he'll beautify the meek. And they will all increase their joy while they are sitting at his feet. Jesus Christ, the Lord above, is lowly in his heart. 
He won't tell them who come to him to leave or to depart. If you are laboring in weariness, in need of peace and rest, empty yourself and take his yoke, and in you he won't detest. And learn of him, this dearest friend, for he has much to show thee. Jesus Christ, the truth, the life, whose heart is meek and lowly. Thank you, brethren. I exhort you to take his yoke upon you, for he is meek and lowly in heart, and there you will find rest for your souls. Are there any...